0: Good morning. Welcome back. We're back. Season 7.
1: It is season 7 and we're ready for...
0: And people still tune in and listen to us?
1: I, I I've Kudos gotten, to you guys. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of people over, over the holidays and in the last few weeks that have walked up to me, whether it be in front of my parish, as I Saint Augustine a couple weeks ago, and two people came up to me. They will follow me listen to Monday Morning homilies. I go, oh, okay, great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so no, I mean our our analytics show that more people are are listening, our ratings, I guess, you know that we get on the podcast stream. Yep. So it's it's we're glad to have we're glad to be back. We're tired.
0: Oh we had man, a, we had a weekend. I haven't recovered. So we've been we were. I haven't recovered since Thursday. What time did we wake up? Four we in were, the morning. I don't know we were at the airport at
1: four in the uh, ten minutes to four. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning on Thursday. I don't know what time you woke up. Uh, but no, we went to the March for Life. We just got back on. You know, we walked through our tour. What at midnight on on Saturday night, yep. and um, we it was we walked the equivalent of a marathon during those three days, and uh, it was cold. It was very very cold. It's the coldest I've ever been at the March. At not at the next in D.C. at the March for Life itself. It snowed, which is absolutely beautiful, yep. and um, and we have stories. Um, mainly revolving a uh, uh, involving the gentleman sitting across from me at this table throwing snowballs at me, and um, me being re- very unsuccessful at throwing snowballs at him. That's right. Stop nodding. You have this is an audio medium. You have you, to you have to talk.
0: You uh, <laughs> and not just you. The group decided but, to start throwing snowballs at me and, at, and me, and I no got respect. Got a, and I got everyone back you, very you, quickly. You did.
1: Never <laughs> mess with this man. He is vindictive. He is. So something his wife always tells he's vindictive he he'll, he'll get back at you he does not want to have anything anything up on you know have anyone have one up on him and so even with in snowball fights because we're from Miami so we can see snowballs and you know boom here we are starting season seven talking about snowballs snowball fights oh, snowball's fun though but fun. it was a lot of fun there was six inches of snow on the ground at least six inches of snow on the ground and uh it was just beautiful the national mall was covered in snow it was absolutely wonderful and and a great atmosphere. Very joyful atmosphere. Um As we went up to Washington, stand up for life, and yep. we got, I had a group group of kids uh, that go that went with us, and, and a, it, lot first-timers. a lot of
0: first timers, a lot of first time kids. You know, and, the, and the, a lot of those kids went with their parents, which is yes, always which is, beautiful to see.
1: Mm-hmm. So we had uh, we had four sets of parents, actually more than that, that. That went with us. I had six sets of parents that went with us, and they were always moved because you know the the events are geared towards more towards young people but they were moved as well, and friends, I mean, if you've never been to the March for Life, I highly recommend it. Yes, it's cold. Sometimes you're, you know, it's, I mean, if it would have been on Saturday, because yes, uh, Saturday was worse, which was the day after the, the March, if it would have been on Saturday, that would have been um, tricky, because it was just, it was 17 degrees when we walked out of the hotel that morning to go to Mass at the Basilica, and the wind chill was too low, and the wind was howling, and when the wind comes down at the National Mall, that is not fun so um but yeah it comes from the potomac and over the tidal basin yep. and boom but as so we walked from the basilica oh, It was a 15 minute walk to the shrine of to the, the jump to shrine of john paul ii uphill into the wind and it was not fun my face was i couldn't feel it, it was numb yeah. i couldn't feel it because i covered everything up except my face you covered your face well during the march
0: yeah and because of uh, this i didn't want to know all well of my face Unlike it, it wasn't it wasn't because of the cold. I just I knew snowballs I were flying. I had snow
1: on my face, I had snow on my glasses, <laughs> I had snow on my ears, I had snow, and I mean I was like, dude, I mean come on, and, and this guy could not care less. He would just ambush me for no reason whatsoever, just to you know you know, just to hit me with snow. That's, that's
0: what, a, what's wrong with that? M- many things. That's a snowball fight. Yeah, you're not supposed to strike a priest. You got twenty four hours of snowball fights.
1: It was fun. We had
0: fun. We didn't do snow angels. Though. <laughs> I've never done the snow uh, a couple of kids did snow angels.
1: The Crystal Ray kids, yeah. we had, uh, Haitian kids from from North Miami that were loving every minute of the snow and they were great. Um, they 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 were one of them was telling me uh, on Saturday night that you know that well one was telling me one part was telling me they preferred the wind over the snow and I'm like yeah, no no we don't we no, don't the like wind, wind is brutal wind, wind is brutal and then yep. another one really loved the snow. And uh, it was saying we did snow angels. The teacher that they took, very tall man, did snow angels as well. But it was just there were so many, you know, pa, you know, parks that were just beautiful, untouched snow that you could have walked on. And um, but it was great. John Paul II Second never disappoints. Um, you always get something when you go out of there. And um, th- we mainly we got heat in that building because it was very, it was bitterly cold. And you looked out the window and saw this beautiful field just. Uncovered, untouched snow that you want to go out and, and wanted yep. to you know build a snowman or, or do snowing. I know some of the kids did snowmen. Yep. Not very good. Not very good. Oh, they're Miami kids. I know there was a great <laughs> there, on the mall during the rally. There was a big snowman uh, that was in front of us. I mean, it looked like a professionally built snowman. It had all the all the different uh, signs, uh, pro life signs that we had. Nice. Oh, uh, that was that was right in front of us. So great time. I don't know about you, my my favorite, um, if I had to think, the, the part that impacts me the most was, <clears throat> well, always, for me, it's always a confession. The, the amount of confessions that I hear at these youth rallies the, the morning of the march or the night before the march was, um, was wonderful because you have all these young people coming with great zeal to the Sacrament reconciliation. I know a lot of our kids and a lot of people in our pilgrims and our delegation went to confession as well. Um, that always that always impacts me, but no, but really, the what impacted me the most was, and this is something that that, that has happened uh, since the Dobbs decision came out eighteen months ago that struck down Roe v. Wade, is just that it has become a spiritual pilgrimage, but also a celebration of life. It's, it's taken on a more joyful bent. I think we talked about this last year in the podcast that has taken on a more joyful bent, and so seeing that joy in the kids, uh, seeing that joy of being Catholic, of being with people that. Are fighting for the same cause that are that have the same belief system that you do they have the same moral value as you do uh that was very big and then you know we had the blend boys with us and then i and i mentioned this at mass last night that you know one of them decided to bring a bluetooth speaker and started blaring very miami
0: music yeah we would have been disinvited from the march no if, I don't, if it weren't uh such a celebratory mood now <laughs> i don't know i mean i, I think listen
1: i think that Let's say three years ago, when we, uh, four years ago when we went in 2020, it was you know pre pre Dobbs. Yeah, it was more um, it was more
0: somber, it more was, uh, solemn. Mm-hmm.
1: But, it, but there were some you know there were some chants that were yeah. you know joyful. You know like we want life or you know uh, there, it was it, it was just. But no, but it is now more more joyful, more like we we have this victory, but it's not a total victory. Mm-hmm. But it, it is it is cause to celebrate that. We gather, you know, it, actually we're recording this on January 22nd, which today would have been the 51st anniversary or, or is the 51st anniversary of, of the non-existent Roe v. Wade case because that, that was struck down by Dobbs. But uh, 51 years ago, that, that's when we would always meet on the 22nd of January. So now we meet around that date. So, it, you know, it, it's always cold. The kids are always, you know, bundled up. But the thing is that in that mass of humanity, you're not thinking. I mean, I know that I wasn't thinking about the cold at all. I mean, I, I was just beholding the, the atmosphere. As as a Miami kid, I was beholding the amount of snow that was mm-hmm. falling down. I mean, it was supposed to be just light snow showers, but it when we woke up that morning, it was yep. snowing, and it didn't. I mean, I don't know. We were indoors in the D.C. Armory for Mass and Holy Hour for about three or four hours there, so we don't know if it was snowing during that time, but when we walked out, it was still snowing. Yep. And it would
0: get stronger.
1: And it got stronger, yep. and it would stop, but it didn't really stop until the, we ended the march. Yep. So I, I told the kids... That snow is a sign of, you know, a blessing. Think of the miracle of the snow in and the, where the Basilica of Saint Mary Majors. I explained that to the to the kids on on Thursday. Um, it's a sign of blessing from above and a sign that our Blessed Mother is with us. Our Lady of the Snows. So for me, it was it, seeing the joy in the young people never ceases to amaze. I don't know what your what struck you the most during those three days.
0: I'd I'd have to go with the size of the crowd because when we walked out of the Smithsonian subway station but it was onto early. the mall i know but we looked around and we were, oh man this is not good
1: it was like twelve fifteen or something like that it, it?
0: it was pretty thin i mean you could see a couple of groups were hanging out way in the back and, and already lining up on uh we don't start on constitution
1: no we, we start off a block uh north of constitution
0: yeah but uh it looked pretty pretty scarce out there but then as time just kept Passing, and we got a little bit closer to that one o'clock. Yeah, people go. I mean, it filled up people very, go, very nicely. We
1: we pick up for everything picks up at one o'clock, yep. and
0: then yeah, we, and I and I thought you know the snow is going to keep people away, the cold is going to keep people away. It's not just in
1: DC it's snow in other parts of the country because it's Arctic blast yep. or Arctic vortex, whatever they're calling the, it.
0: They, we came out strong again, and that time lapse is always a classic at the at the end.
1: If you go to uh, if you go to <laughs> the March for Life Instagram or Twitter page, you'll or Facebook page, you'll see. Um, the time lapse. Uh, they used to take it in one of the Senate office buildings when we were going up Constitution. The old, because the, the original route was going up Constitution from near the Washington Monument up Constitution and made a right towards the Supreme Court because you were protesting Roe v. Wade. Now, because Roe v. Wade kicked the the case across the street to um to the legislative branch, not just to Congress but to the state legislatures. What we do is we I think we go we we turn on Independence Avenue and. Wrap around right. the Capitol and go towards the Supreme Court from the right, not from the left, and and basically that feeds us into, into Union Station, mm-hmm. which is right there, where we had a very lovely lunch. Of we tried raising Cane's chicken for the first so time. Good. It was it was good. It wasn't wasn't worth the thirty to forty five minute wait. That so we, good. It was they're just
0: they were pumping it out so quickly. It they didn't were. get crispy. Would
1: you go stand for thirty forty five minutes and go into Doral where they just opened one up? I'm just saying. No, exactly so i mean it was i mean i did it for the um i did it for the novelty of it because everything else i've had but it it, and because you stood in line so i just stood in line with you and i was tired but anyway so so now the it wraps around you know now the the capital and you know it's something that you know brings this great joy that that we're now we're we're trying to envelop the capital with it so the timelines video is taken probably from one of it looked like from one of the congressional, mm. uh, the House of Representative office building, the Rayburn office building, I think, uh, is where it looked like it was taken because you see the Capitol. Actually, it could be it could have been taken a little bit further down because the cap. You could see the Capitol right. in it's the time
0: lapse on that where you cross over.
1: Yeah, I think so. So it was it was it was absolutely beautiful and and we were we did it pretty fast. I've never done the march so
0: fast. Well, we, we kind of we bypassed a, we, it wasn't a short, good but, chunk of the...
1: The thing is that what it, what everybody's on the National Mall, and then all of a sudden you have to go onto the street. So all these people that are in a huge, wide, expansive land try to you know bottleneck into yep. a, a side street, so it, so it creates quite a backup. So we were just standing there for a good 15, 20 minutes until we thought, you know what, let's go through the sidewalk right, yep. right next to the... We shaved this, off an hour... At least. No, yeah. We, we've we've stood for an hour oh. I mean, one time to, to our chagrin, and we were done at 2.30, which is great because I remember we didn't go to Arlington this year because it was just too oh. cold, but the times I've gone to Arlington has always been racing mm-hmm. to get to the Tomb of the Unknown before it closes, and I go, today's would have been a great day to go to Arlington because I, I, I wasn't in a hurry, but you know the cold did not let us. We went to Union Station. We, it was so packed, we had to have lunch sitting on the floor. I have no idea. I still do not know how I stood up from sitting on the floor because, like, I was just so tired, yeah. so so tired. Bishop Delgado joined us. Uh, the poor man made it to the end. God bless him. And it was so frozen because he really didn't he didn't layer up his neck and face as he should have. <laughs> and we just put him in an Uber at the end of the march and said, "Just go to the hotel and thaw out." Yeah. But it was great. Always great food in D.C. Had some good crab cakes. We did. You didn't have the crab cakes, did you? I did. You did. I did. It was great. They were great. Clydes in that Gallery place by the Capital One Arena. Highly recommended. And um, all in. And we discovered a new place right across the street from our hotel. The Founding Farmers. Founding Farmers. And it was it was pretty good. Good. And I would like to go there for breakfast. They look, looked. Yeah, like the, they were baking good donuts there <laughs> when we were the, the night before. So a lot of fun, but but most importantly, a very good cause that we did this weekend. um... We recorded something. I don't want to play it because uh the gentleman sitting across from me I think his lips were frozen while we were while we were re-
0: I was no, I was I was cozy. I was just tired.
1: So should we play it?
0: If you want. Let's let's I mean it was we were, I wasn't so- cold at all. I was nice and bundled up. All right. So I just wanted to to sleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just no, because the thing is, we were very sleep deprived during the smart. Because waking up at waking up at three o'clock on Thursday and oh, then that waking just, up that at just killed me five thirty, I think five thirty or six on Friday morning, and then we didn't have to wake up that early on Saturday, but still, it was early. But um, anyways,
0: here is I got a little energy with the snowball fights, but but then it's right back. No, to... you
1: you were very energetic and very awake just during, during the, the snowball, snowball
0: fights. During the snowball fights, I may
1: have dozed off during the line fest, but that's <laughs> that's neither here nor. Here. Anyways, here's our live, or that no, wasn't live because this is now recorded, but this is what we recorded during the march. Yeah. All right, we're coming to you from the March for Life, a very, very snowy March for Life uh, in this segment for Monday Morning Homeless. And right next to me is a very wrapped up, very cold. He looks like he uh, is about to go bear hunting. I'm, I'm nice and warm. He's, he's got it. Preventive he's, measures. Here. Yeah, he's, he's got, uh, he's been since about two hours ago. He's got his mouth. He got his nose covered. He would have been great for the pandemic, which we're <laughs> in right now. Anyways, we are on Constitution Avenue, Avenue, and my my tongue's getting a little cold. Anyway, we are seeing the U.S. Capitol uh, right in front of us now as we march toward it. Barely. barely. Uh, we're hearing a, a band off in the distance. We see uh, so many people that are around, and we got Belen, Belen in the house. Everybody here, make make some noise. Belen yeah. well, Wolverines in the house. But it has been snowing steadily since we woke up this morning. It just picked up again. It just, just picked, picked up, up again. Right now, since we started recording, it picked up. So, um, I don't know what are your impressions. This year's March for we did the Life Fest, and uh, now we're marching.
0: Yeah, I thought the snow might keep some people away, but we're out here pretty strong again. This is this is beautiful to see.
1: It is, and and really, uh, when we got off the subway station, we got there pretty early to the for the Rally for Life. It looked kind of light, but... Uh, it has picked up. It took us a while to get on, get underway, but we're underway now. We are scattered all over the place. I have no idea where some of our people are. we got some Lurge girls in back of us, some Carrollton girls. But uh, it's something beautiful to behold. And what's so beautiful, and I told the kids this last night, is the blessing of the snow. That It was forecast to be freezing rain now. We're being very careful as we cross the street here. And, um, you know, it's a little slippery. But as we approach the U.S. Capitol, it's coming into sight now because of the snow doesn't let us see it. But uh, we're, we're trying to see uh, so much so much movement, so much life in the, in the life of these young people. And I was telling you the young people, the snow is a blessing from God. It's, it's just amazing. We're not used to snow because we're from Miami. Uh, there have been a lot of snow fights. Uh, Jorge may have gotten me a couple of times. Uh, he may have got, I may have gotten him a couple of times. So um, we're having fun. Anyways, we hope we enjoy this and enjoy the first episode of the season. A Monday morning Holland. say goodbye, George. Bye, everybody. <laughs> you were cold. I forgot about the band.
0: Yes, I love that. The just the music, the bands, the, it was
1: the background noise, yeah. and then you, and you heard you know the honking some horns and and um, mm. but uh, it it was just great. There were there, very
0: very very few counter protests here. I didn't see any. There was there was one or two guys. I didn't just, see any. Just. Preaching some anti-Catholic nonsense. No, but nonsense. That, but, that,
1: but that. Um, you're, you're, um my th- when But I'm as standing, far as counter-protests, like I'm talking about pro-choice protests, no. I didn't see a single one. That's the first time. Usually, you Not don't see. Not even
0: any. There's usually a, they by park up Court. by the Supreme Court and, and
1: and usually you'd see some and God, you know, I always say God bless them because they they're going into the lion's den and and, yep. and protesting against a hundred thousand people. But I didn't see any. The cold kept them away. I didn't see any. Usually, you don't see it. You see maybe 10, 15 along the oh, yeah. route. Yep. But. Very few. And God bless the US Capitol police that, you know, were there and were very patient and were very kind in, in terms of shepherding us around the Capitol and and across behind the behind the Capitol and the, and between the Capitol and Supreme Court onto uh you know, towards um Union Station. They were great. Thankfully none of us hit them with snowballs. But um I may have lied towards the end of that saying that I may have hit Jorge twice with snowballs. Uh he's not Again, he keeps he keeps shaking. We're in an audio <laughs> medium, dude. We're not on YouTube, so he's like, oh, "No, no, didn't I, I? I hit you at some point or tried? No, I did hit you in the back. In the back, yeah, in the back.
0: It just bounced right
1: off. He's he was wearing a very heavy ski jacket that he probably wore in, in Boston. So, but uh, people, I, I was talking to a lot of kids. They, they're like, "Oh, father, well, I want to go." I go, "You can go, but I can't guarantee snow. I've had snow." I had snow my the first time I went to March for Life it was the first day we were there was snow, but it was uh it was light snow and there was some snow on the ground, but it wasn't that as much as it was now. Well, it's very rare to have and that then, much and then snow in Washington. And that yes. powder snow. In twenty nineteen we had snow on the ground. It snowed it snowed the night before the march. It snowed before we got to Washington, but it also snowed very lightly yeah. the night before we got the march. Which and just it, then it turns to the ice. Base. And, it, and it, yeah. you can't play with was, that. And it was no, but it was there was enough snow to to throw do snowball okay. fights. And I have great pictures of my youth group kids back then. This was a year before I uh, actually six months before I arrived here at Little Flower. And then yesterday, uh, in fact, when we were in Catholic University of America on on Saturday, one of the one of the uh, staff members said said we haven't gotten this in five years, and that was exactly five years ago yep. that that we got this kind of snow because Catholic U was like a ghost town. All the kids were indoors. They yep. were just. We they want no part of that cold. They want to no part of, of being out in the snow. I did see some on a terrace in twenty degree weather, just sitting there. And I go, God, these guys must be from Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> and you, there was, by the way, there's a lot of kids, and and this the last thing I, what I wanted to close with, a lot of kids from the Dakotas. Yeah, and, and is
0: that uh, University of Mary?
1: University of Mary in North Dakota. You really have to be a lover of Mary to go up there because. Yeah, you'll get you'll get. Uh, no, once you start school, it starts getting cold. Come on, you get one month of maybe yep. 70 degree temperatures up there. Um, so every, you know, when I finish it, when I do confessions, I out, you know, what I've done since I first started going to the March for Life, and this is my tenth, uh, seventh in person. Three I did virtual, um, and that I led virtually, and then um, I always with the confessions after the confession is over, and you know, seal is closed. You know, I asked the kids where they're from, and this year uh, it was fa- some fascinating stories. I had uh, Des Moines, Iowa; Lincoln, Nebraska; Omaha, Nebraska; Ann Arbor, Michigan; um, several people from Philadelphia. Um, they're really bummed about their Eagles. Um, I believe I had I did see I didn't I didn't have them, but I did see a, a delegation from Cape Cod. You talk about some oh. place that's cold right now. Um, and I, I didn't. I don't think I had anybody from Bismarck, or for I, I did meet pe- people from Bismarck. But I wanted to talk about the kids from Nebraska and the kids from from Iowa. They, th- some of these kids, just so you know, we we left on early Thursday morning, flew up to New- to Washington, and flew back late Saturday night. A lot of kids, and I would say, almost half, if not more, of the kids that go to the March for Life, literally go just for the march. We were talking about how scarce it was around 12 o'clock when the rally started, and the marches are starting to 1 o'clock proper. That's because some kids get dropped off to the bus and go. Why? They come from Lincoln. They told me this. They came from Lincoln. They came from Omaha. They came from Des Moines. And if you saw the Iowa caucuses last week, you saw how cold it was, how much snow was on the ground. Heck, even, you know, you know, actually, I did have somebody from Wichita, Kansas. And Kansas, obviously, you saw the Dolphin game, which we'll get to in the second segment how cold it was last week you know they came so what they do is they get into a bus sometimes yellow school buses and they drive 23 to 24 hours straight i asked one of them well you did you did you have a stop along the way oh yeah father we had many stops in gas stations i go like, no, no no no, i'm talking about a hotel <laughs> you know no, no no father we we drive here we drove and this was in the life fest that morning we drive specifically to get for this we go to the march, and then we get on the bus and go back yep. home. And that's, so that means that they're spending maybe two nights sleeping on a bus, on a bus. Yep. which to me is just remarkable. They go specifically for those few hours to march in Washington, no no sightseeing, no nothing, and and, and they just go back. Yep. And speaking of the sightseeing, and this is something that Angela Russo, the head of our Respect Life Office in the Archdiocese of Miami, uh... And I, well, she pointed out to me, but I pointed out the first one to her. There was a lot of ads targeting us mm-hmm. from a very unlikely source—our own people, Catholics for Choice, quote unquote—who uh, were basically saying, uh, just spewing lies. One of the ads was very, you know, sarcastic and, you know, jabbing the kids. He goes, "Are you here as an excuse to skip school? Are you here to sightsee?" You know, are you genuinely here to march for? Life? I go. I'm like, come on. Yep. And these are our people, you know. And and listen, and it's people that we love. And it's people that are in our pews. And and I don't know anyone who's in Catholics for Choice, but they really gear up mm-hmm. during the march. And and I haven't been on their on their social media feeds, nor do I want to. But they really gear up because they think that it's a like the people, you know, the opposing point of view. They think that it's a human right, abortion. When it's not, the right to life is a fundamental right. It's the first right. So um, we really we really have to pray for these brothers and sisters of ours because all over D.C., you know, there, there were little billboards mm-hmm. and, and things that were just taking jabs at us. And so it was a reminder to the kids that we always have to be on our toes and we have to educate ourselves. Because I know that I, I when Angela was pointing out one of the billboards, and I want to get into what the billboard said, but, you know, one of the lords goes, asks, well, what does that mean? And so I had Angela explain to the girls what it meant because i didn't want to be explaining that to a bunch of high school girls so uh it it was a it was a call for the kids to get better educated to be able to to what saint peter says in his in in his letter it says always be ready to give a reason for your hope if we are educated in our faith if we're educated in our morals we're educated in the things that we need to be educated and we can give a good witness to our our beliefs and our morals so there you go Anyhow, let's get into the readings briefly, because we're running out of time on this first segment, and Jorge and I have a lot of things to do today. This week, we're four days behind on, on Ooh, office work.
0: With confirmation coming up. <laughs> confirmation in two weeks, and he has
1: a retreat to give on Sunday, on Saturday. So um, yesterday, we hear uh, from the beginning of the, cha- of the Gospel of St. Mark something that, basically what we were doing in D.C., you know, repent. Jesus comes out, first words out of his mouth in the Gospel of St. Mark. This is after John the Baptist is arrested. Jesus came out to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, saying, this is the time of fulfillment, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel, which are the words that we're going to hear in a few weeks, I believe three weeks from Wednesday, Wednesday. uh, on Ash Wednesday, falls on Valentine's Day, uh, we're going to hear those words, repent and believe in the gospel, and so you, and I pointed that out in my homily yesterday, that these are words, you know, this is a gospel that would probably fit in better in Lent, but we get it now, Because repent is always um, a word that should be in the heart of every Catholic. And really, that's what we went up to Washington to do, is to call attention to a great sin that's occurring to our country and asking and praying for our country to repent, to see the evil of its ways and say, this is a a grave sin that cries out to God. You know, These children that aren't born because they're aborted are crying out to God. So we as a country, and and I'm saying this on, on January 22nd, the day that the Church... Commemorates the day for prayer for the unborn and, and make reparations and to do penance for our sins, that we need to repent. And what does repent mean? It means basically to turn away, to you know, to you know, make a 180, to turn away from whatever that sin is. Obviously, for most of it, it's not as grave as the sin of abortion, but to turn away from that and to believe in the gospel. And so Jesus is proclaiming that. And then after he proclaims that, he goes and he calls the first disciples. And, you know. The disciples obviously were sinners, ordinary men, simple men, sometimes ignorant men, when it came to you know who Jesus could have chose. He could have chose scholars of the law, he could have chose teachers of the faith. No, he chose fishermen. He chose very simple men. Probably the most learned among them were Matthew and Jude. And Judas, excuse me. And you know, he chooses these men. And I was listening, you know, yesterday morning, you know, I was because we got in late, I didn't have any morning masses, and so I had the grace of sleeping on a Sunday morning, which is very rare for me. I was listening to the homily of a of a brother priest, and he was talking about the first reading about Jonah and the prophet, you know, that went through Nineveh, you know, and and was basically when he went through Nineveh, he's going through this big city, telling him to repent. The same message Jesus gives in the Gospel, but he was doing it in Hebrew, and the Ninevites didn't speak Hebrew, and so he makes a parallel. This priest made a made made a connection between. Um, jo- what Jonah did, the work of Jonah, and the work of the disciples, and he pointed out, and and, and it may sound a little scandalous, but the way he did it was was beautifully said. He goes, you look at Jonah and you look at the disciples, they weren't very good at their jobs, but yet through God's grace, mm-hmm. they were very successful at their jobs. They were su- very successful in the ministry because even though Jonah went through Nineveh, through Nineveh and didn't you know and didn't speak the same language was telling them to repent, they did repent, and God spared them of them destruction, even though the disciples, while Jesus you know was on earth and they didn't have the Holy Spirit, were constantly fumbling over themselves, you know, were constantly questioning Jesus, were, not, were unable to do the same miracles as Jesus, you know and they were saying, well, what's going on and sometimes questioning him, yet they were very successful because they brought others towards Jesus, and even after Jesus was sent into heaven they received the Holy Spirit, they were very successful in their ministry. So that's something that we always have to be conscious of is allowing broken instruments that we are, allowing God's grace to overwhelm us to be able to to do ministry. And then the other thing that I mentioned was something that Pope Francis said in his in his Angelus address yesterday morning it was a beautiful reflection. And he said, you know, you look at that encounter that Jesus had with those first disciples. The Pope asked us, recall a time that, the time that Jesus called you. The exact quote is this. says, Do you, do do I pause now and remember the joy that grew in me and around me when I accepted the call to know and witness to Jesus? And when I pray, do I thank the Lord for having called me To make others happy, and I really like that because you talked about. I I, we talked about the joy that we experienced in D.C. over the last three days, last four days, and you know, that's what a disciple. I think we did a whole podcast on that towards the end of last season. That's what a disciple is called to do. It's and it's called to be joyful. It's called to be witness. I believe that was our last episode, the joyful, joyful episode, and. You know, we need to call attention to ourselves that we need to, whenever we're down, whenever we feel down about our faith, whenever we feel down about life, memory is so important in the spiritual life. Call back in your memory to that moment where Jesus called you to walk with him, when Jesus called you to, you know, to help him in the ministry of calling others to be happy. Because at the end of the day, that's what the disciples are called to do.
0: Yep. And you know, it's like John the Baptist, you know, always, always pointing. You know, we had that beautiful bulletin cover a few weeks back, or last week, last I don't week. remember last week. You know, pointing to the Messiah. You know, and, and the the beauty and the attractiveness of a disciple is when it's not look at me, look at me, look at everything I'm doing. It's look at the Lord and look what the Lord has been able to do through me. You know, that's that's true humility. You know. Be who you are. Not more than you are. Not less than you are. You know, we sometimes and we've t- spoken about this before. Sometimes we think humility is, you know, I need to beat myself down and, and I'm nothing, you know, and I'm useless. You know, that's not humility. You know, humility is saying these are the gifts that the Lord has given me. I'm gonna I'm gonna put those to work for Him. You know, and I'm gonna be the best that I can be for Him, and I'm gonna use that to point others to Him to make others happy. You know, so it's not it's not a, a self centered uh, grace, you know, it, it's a grace that's constantly leaving ourselves. You know, to say, I, I've been able to do all this like the disciples, broken as they were, as you mentioned, you know, fumbling over themselves, and yet constantly pointing back to the Lord and saying, Don't look at don't look at my weaknesses, look at despite my weaknesses, what the Lord has been able to do with me and through me.
1: And it happens to the two of us because we're, we're the two of us are sinners. The two of us are, are you know aren't perfect disciples, and we're constantly again fumbling over ourselves. And like and people still tune into this. Yeah, to exactly. <laughs> you know, and and yet, and we still manage to run this parish well, and and not and not fumble that up. But that's where God's grace is, because so many times you know I look around, and and you know, people congratulate me, "Oh, Father, you look at all the great things the parish is doing," and and I'm like, "That that's not me," you know. That's God's grace at work in the people of God. I see because, you know, you look at all the people, you know, also, you know, people that don't have it all together, that, you know, you don't know what's going on in their family lives. You don't know what's going on in their personal life. We don't know what's going on in the inside, but yet they have this zeal in them to go and proclaim the no. gospel and to do it with great joy. You think of all the people that show up to preach a Emmaus retreats and to preach marriage covenant retreats, and, and they do it with great joy. To be able to to share the joy of Jesus Christ with others, so you know the call of the Holy Father to, and and here's the thing, my friends, there are times where we may be we, we may feel down, especially when it comes to spiritual life. But we may sit in church or sit in the chapel, and nothing's hitting us, and, and or or life is just you know crapping on us, and we don't know what's going on, and everything is going wrong. That's when we need to sit in the chapel, sit in the church, in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and just call to mind that in first encounter, genuine encounter with Jesus. It could have been when we were young. could have been when we were teenagers. could have been when we were young adults. could have been yesterday. Who knows? Just call to mind that moment. Remember. It's, listen, remembering it's something we do during the Eucharist. We remember. There was a song that says uh, that used to, it was very popular in the '90s. We remember how you loved us to your death, and still we celebrate because you are with us here. Because because memory is very much a part of the Eucharist. We, you know, what does the priest say after the words of consecration? You know, after, after consecrating the, the the precious blood, do this in memory of me. So we're doing this in memory of him, and so memory is a part of our spiritual journey so when we get down you know go back and think about it's like going in a photo album go back and think about that moment that you had with the lord that really was like that lightning bolt moment that said wow i really need to get my act together and truly follow jesus christ and and if we do that you know that you know Journaling is also a good, a, you know, good option because I have my journals from seminary, and sometimes when I go on retreat, I bring I bring one or two with me, and I go. Oh. Here's where I was. Look at how how dumb I was back 30 <laughs> years ago when I started seminary, you know. And it's something that I don't do often enough now, even though Apple wants me to do it on yeah. their app, which <laughs> I do not want to do on their app. But journaling is very important because you could go back to, let's say, you did a retreat and you were journaling during that retreat. I, you remember how great you felt during that retreat. You go back and you read that those journals, you read those journal entries and go, Wow, I want that zeal again, I want that fire again. And to be able to go back to experience that moment of the call when we were called to follow Jesus and to and to and to be part of his ministry, that is very important in the spiritual life. So, my friends, remember the times that Jesus was good to you. Remember the moment that he called you. But in all things, remember that repentance is a daily thing because we're constantly going astray. We're constantly falling by the wayside. And we need to hear those first words of Jesus. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. We're going to hear that in three and a half weeks but it's good to hear it now because we're 22 days into the new year and resolutions may have fallen by the wayside and we may be off track already. So today, remember, this is something we hear a lot during Lent, but it's something that is very present. Today is, a, you know, we heard it during Advent as well, today is the time of and Today is the day to turn to the Lord. Don't wait until tomorrow. Do it today. Recall the day that God called you. Make that moment your own. Say, Lord, I want to not only, not just go back to that, but bring back that zeal so that I could move forward to call others to repent and believe in the gospel. Yes! Yes! For you! For you! For you! Running back. Wow. That's your fiancé's boy. Exactly. It's a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. That guy
0: just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. What
1: was that last night?
0: In sports, everybody lost. Pretty much. Nothing to talk about. See you next week.
1: Wow. So we left with so much optimism after... Uh, the last the uh, the the last episode was the, the Monday before Christmas, and that weekend, uh, we played the
0: Cowboys. Here, let's do a quick a quick. No, internet. we'll go we'll go let's around the we'll, heat we'll go, we'll, lost, we'll, we'll, just, Dolphins <laughs> lost, let's, UM basketball lost, Marlins haven't done anything. Panthers have lost four in a row. And you know,
1: Inter Miami, Miami, drew with El Salvador, which <laughs> should not have happened, but um. But no, it was Woo! so we we went into the break. Great time to be a fan. We went into the break <laughs> with a um, with this great feeling of optimism, and I, and I think we said, "Oh wait, hope when we come back, we should be division winners, and we should be go- hopefully going deep into the playoffs." But here we are, the Monday after division yep. division weekend, and um, not even the Buffalo Bills are going on to the playoffs. We'll get into all of that. Let's put a bow on the Dolphin season. You have, I think, you have the list there. Of what we did
0: before the season, Ashley and I—I uh, I don't know—we uh, stopped—we stopped keeping track with three games. Six. All right,
1: with three game. Well, well, so did the Dolphins. Apparently, <laughs> you know they did. Uh, the the Dallas game was was the third to last game. So I don't know what we had for that. Third to last, so that was. Uh, do we
0: both have wins? You both had
1: wins. Okay, we had them beating the Cowboys. How do we, we both had L's for Baltimore. Yep. And, and you
0: both had wins
1: for Buffalo. Yeah. See,
0: everything would have changed.
1: I don't know if everything would have changed because our defense was decimated. Those injuries just kept piling on, and we had no edge rushers. None. We were getting people off the, you know, you know, off, the, off the street to be edge rushers for the playoff game. And but those last few weeks, uh, I'm going to put it on record. I have never put it on record on this podcast, on live. You know, not live. On on a recording, I have mentioned it in in small conversation. I have mentioned, I have not put it on Twitter, but I'm going to put it out there on this podcast. Ready? Tua is not the guy. And you saw it the last three weeks of the season. Because I'm tired of, I shouldn't make the throw. I should know better. Uh, I forced that one. I go, dude. The Buffalo game in Orchard Park. The Philly game, which was supposed to be a Super Bowl preview and the Eagles and Dolphins were bounced unceremoniously out of the playoffs Mm. the first weekend of the the playoffs. Uh, So much for a Super Bowl preview. What happened to the Eagles? (laughs) My goodness, they stunk it up the last month and a half. More worse than us. At least we beat the Cowboys, which weren't a very good football team because they got bounced as well. Uh, So, you know, it happened in Philly. It happened in Germany. It happened, you know, he was not great against Tennessee. He managed to game somewhat against Dallas, especially that last drive. McDaniel did the right calls, Mm -hmm. but when you look at the quarterbacks that played this weekend, C.J. Stroud, a rookie, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy had a terrible game, that's a bad example. Even Jordan Love coming into his own. What a revelation he's been the last two months. Um, Obviously, Josh Allen... You know, Patrick Mahomes last night, you know, do you look at those quarterbacks? Do you see how Patrick Mahomes during the game that we played in Kansas City, how he extended plays with the feet, which Tua cannot, he did some the last two weeks of the season to extend plays, but now with the same veracity he did when he was in Alabama before his hip surgery nope. and before all the concussions. So um sometimes he would float balls like listen, the thing with Tua is things need to be just right. Conditions need to be just right. Everything it's all about timing. And listen, when it's going right, it's going right. But that was all against losing teams. Now, mind you, there were games, the Jets defense, when we smoked them and shut them out, that's not a defense to sneeze at. And he played well against them. But when you're talking about playoff teams, that you have the thing is they have a Jets defense, but when you have an offense that's not doing anything on the other side of the ball. Okay, with the Jets, out. so you don't have to worry about the yep. Jets defense maybe stopping you on a drive or two because you know you're going to get Jen because the offense is going to get off the field in three down on three downs and you're going to be right back on the field again. Yep. So, but when you have an offense that can do eight nine minutes drives like the Chiefs or like the Bills or like the Ravens, it needs to it needs to it needs to get better. Mike McDaniel needs to get better, and I think he will. I think he will because he mentioned play calling. Uh- was not optimal in some place, in sometimes. You need to be more creative and, and learn to adapt to the circumstances. There's nothing, absolutely nothing, that could prepare you for what they experienced during that playoff game, minus two degrees with a 30, minus 30 wind chill where Ashley was at. <laughs> no idea how she came back. No, listen, we dealt with minus two wind chill on Saturday. We were only out there for 15 minutes and we couldn't deal with it. They were out there for three hours. Yep. So, there's nothing to prepare you for that. But you, the thing is, you need to prepare your offense unless you run the table and get home field advantage, and every game is played here in South Florida. You need to prepare for the possibility of playing these games on the road and having a quarterback that could throw in the snow and can throw in the, in the wind and can throw in the cold. He is not the guy. Now, so, well, Father, what, what do we do? The thing is, that there's not much you can do is last year's contract's next year. And unless you pull a rabbit out of your hat or find the next, I'm not going to even mention Brock Purdy was Mr. relevant and I'm not sold on Brock, Brock Purdy. Watch him go out and win the Super Bowl. Okay? He's one of four, he's one of four QBs left. And we'll talk about that game in a second because he shouldn't have won that game. But unless you find, you know, a uh, you know, you know, trade for Justin Fields or, or something like that, which I'm not enamored about, that's our only option right now with this team, because you don't have time to develop a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers, see, the Jets thought that he could, you know, rent Aaron Rodgers. That lasted all the four plays. We don't know what Aaron Rodgers is. And the thing is, it had to be this year because he had the bills on the ropes this year. The schedule broke the right way this year. The division broke the right way, right, right way this year. Everything broke our way this year until December, until that stupid Tennessee game where the wheels started to come on. Yep. And I won't mind you, we beat the Jets, and so we beat the Cowboys. Congratulations. Fantastic. Exhilarating after those two wins. But those last three games, those last three games, yes, we had, and, and, and the thing is you can't pin it on the defense, which was decimated,
0: but they only Go gave a, Who Who thought they, we'd be saying that at the start of the year? They
1: only gave up <laughs> 14 points to the Bills at home, to Josh Allen. So, remember, the other seven came on a punt return. That punt return changed everything to had the ball in his hands to go win the game at the end, like he did against San Diego, like he did against San Diego against the Chargers, like he did against Dallas and did not deliver, did not deliver. So my friends, that's my opinion. I mean I, I root for this kid. I want him to do well. I want him to hoist Lombardi for us. I just don't see it because another thing, there were a lot of quarterbacks that were injured this season. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, all are going to be back next year. Yep. Uh, uh, Joy Lawrence. Joy Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Joy Lawrence is from Blossom 30 years ago. Trevor Lawrence. All are going to be back next year. And one of those, and, and four of those guys are not going to make the playoff, of, including the ones that went to the playoffs this year. Are not going to make the playoffs. Deshaun Watson was injured. So this was our year. In ter- and not in turn not in terms of winning, I'm just I'm making at least getting that one playoff win which we haven't gotten since 2000. Which now we have the longest Ouch. streak because the Detroit Lions who're still alive and who were, you know, picked to get to the Super Bowl um are, are you know, they ended a 30-year drought beautifully. Yep. And God bless them. So I don't know what your take is in the Dolphins because unless you are in the suite, nothing happens. Nothing
0: happens. Well, you know, give me tickets, I'll be happy to go.
1: He'd be happy to go into a suite and drink your <laughs> eat your free food and drink your free alcohol. Um, uh, I don't know. I would bring Ashley in here, but you know, the, you know, we need to keep this under an hour. Yeah. So she would go on and on and on, and that's what she has tuned into her podcast. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm a frustrated, long suffering dolphin fan but i see the joy in detroit you fans can just
0: faces. you can just say you're a dolphins fan the first two the first two are given when when you say you're a dolphins fan
1: yeah <laughs> thank you so anyways let's talk about the teams that are alive or what happened this weekend detroit and san francisco we watched that san francisco green bay game on the plane you watched it more than i did because i fig- i didn't figure out until the last half hour that it was part of the american airlines in flight entertainment yeah. I was trying to get it up on that bad Wi-Fi. Of, oh, yeah. Uh, that, was, that was bad. <laughs> so anyways, uh, what a game. And Green Bay should have won that game. Green Bay outplayed San Francisco. Yep. That would have been a great story.
0: Well, and he, he had no reason to force that throw either. They were he, sitting no, there with three timeouts.
1: No, he had three timeouts. He forced the throw. and But be, even before that, when they missed that field goal in the fourth quarter... That changed everything, yep. and, and I talked to a friend of mine who's a, who's a Green Bay fan. He goes, that guy's been hit or miss all year. He could he could drill long ones, yep. but he will miss cheap ones. He missed six extra points during the year. Yep. Um, but here's the thing. That changed the game because if they make that field goal, it's a seven-point game, but they missed it and it gives San Francisco prime field position that went down and scored a touchdown, yep. which they finally, thankfully, discovered they had Christian McCaffrey in their backfield because they went a couple drives there. Was like, hello, you have Christian McCaffrey. Throwing the ball, Debo Samuel was out with with injury. Uh, Baltimore waxed Houston, and it was close to early. Baltimore woke up and then pulled away in the second half. Yesterday's game, Detroit Tampa Bay was a lot better than people anticipated, but Detroit also pulled away late. You know, Tampa Bay scored a you know garbage type touchdown to make it look closer, but it really wasn't. At the end, it was close most of the game, and Tampa Bay. You know, God bless them. Uh, they play well, but Detroit is a tough team, and and I you know you're right. I do. Think that you know they have a shot in. Uh, I was going to say Candlestick. They don't play in Candlestick anymore. In, in Santa Clara and Levi Stadium this this weekend, because if Debo Samuel can't go, we saw what Brock Purdy could not do. Yep. Again, talk about a guy that needs everything perfect around him. Debo Samuel can't go. You know that uh, Detroit is going to zero in on Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. and everybody else is going to have to step up for San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco should win that game, but. Would not shock me in the least if Detroit goes in and, and beats him in the AFC. Uh, what a game last night between Mahomes and, and Josh Allen. I mean, just give us that game every year in the playoffs. That those two. Of them, it was the first yeah. road game for Mahomes. I don't know how much you saw because you were probably asleep. No, that. I saw it. You I saw, saw it? it. Okay, I didn't want to and text the, you. It ended at nine thirty, and and the missed field goal. Oof, but that hurts. But he, But I want to. I want to go one bef- two plays before that. Not, not two plays before that, it, it, well, actually two plays before that, Josh Allen did not connect on a guy that was streaking in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. But earlier in that drive, right coming out of the two-minute warning on a second down, Josh Allen stands at his 10-yard line. He, he balls at the 20, back goes back to pass with his foot on his ten on the 10-yard line. Heaves one, a beautiful bullet of a pass downfield to the 25-yard line. And Stefan Diggs does not catch the ball. And that changes everything. Because mm-hmm. then you have the ball there with a minute 55 left. And you know the, 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 the Bills were trying to run as right. much clock. They, they were trying to do two things. And I was telling Father Andrew, you can't do both. You got to think about scoring the touchdown. You can't be thinking about scoring the touchdown with zero seconds mm-hmm. left on the clock. Score the touchdown. And it failed. So when they couldn't score, that p- pass was dropped. They did get into marginal, you know, field goal range. In that weather, it's not a given. And the guy, I mean, didn't hook right right. It just went right from the from the kick. The camera was behind the kicker. And Scott Norwood all over again. Oh, what a shame. You know, Father Andrew (laughs) thought he was alive for Scott Norwood because back, no, dude, that happened a year before you were born. That's wow. That's how young Father Andrew is. Wide right, which is, and Jim Nance called it, it's two words you don't want to hear, whether you're in Tallahassee or in in Western New York. But it was a hell of a ball game. It really was, because I really wanted the Chiefs to, even though I don't like Buffalo, I really wanted the Chiefs to go away already. Not because Oh, no,
0: I didn't mind. I don't mind Buffalo sitting at home.
1: Right, yeah. But you talk about a team with disappointment. You know, again, it came down to a special teams play. So it really was Ken Dorsey's fault all along, wasn't it? Unbelievable. Somebody tweeted, I me, mean, but what, you know, without, if we don't fire Ken Dorsey, we don't get into the playoffs. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Of course, you do. But uh, because the Dolphins would have collapsed anyways. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but my goodness, so many would have, could have, should have. But no more so than the Buffalo Bills. And if we could go back one week to the biggest choker of the playoffs, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. Because I mean, Green Bay again. God bless Jordan Love, who went up and destroyed the Cowboys, and then should have been the the Niners uh in Santa Clara uh the Cowboys everything was in front of them they had home field they would have had to go to San Francisco They would have had home field this weekend would have Detroit at home and Detroit I think would have knocked them mm-hmm. out if they would have survived uh Green Bay but what happens there and they kept and they keep their coach and they keep everything status yep. quo and let's run it back because it works so beautiful. But see, the Cowboys and the Dolphins are mirror images of each other. A lot of hope at the beginning of the year, and when we get to the playoffs, we lay an egg.
0: Well, have you have you but seen the? Cow,
1: but the Cowboys' vision, the cycle thing.
0: Have you seen this conspiracy theory with the um, with the Super Bowl logos?
1: Oh yeah, that's so dumb. So it, so dumb. Did you because, see that? Because last you? year you could have made an argument that that were, those were Miami colors for the Eagles because it looked a little bit like aqua, yeah, not green, at least to my eye. We were nowhere near the Super
0: Bowl because if it's uh, if it's gonna be the Ravens and the, and the Niners, it'll be another year where the colors where match. the colors match up.
1: <laughs> See the script. And Father Andrew and I were watching the Cowboys, I mean the Bills and Chiefs last night. I go, oh, that's not in the script because that play where the Chiefs were about to go in to go up ten points, where they fumbled out of the end zone after McDermott stupidly went for a, a Demar Hamlin fake punt. It would have been a great story, Demar Hamlin, yeah. you know, a year after his ding. Getting a, a crucial conversion, but you were on your thirty-yard line, you know, in minus territory. You don't go for that with ten minutes to go in the ball game. I'm sorry. Yep. But it, and that fumble was—it it wasn't ruled a fumble. That should not. I mean, you could. I don't know. That was 50-50, and it was overturned. Uh, and, and New York wanted a good game, but the playoffs have been, you know, have been okay. Some great. The some only one great game in the wild card round, and it was. So great that I forgot which one it was. Oh no, the, the Detroit, <laughs> the Detroit, the Detroit and Los Angeles Rams game was was very very good, um, but everybody else smoked the other per, smoked the other team. Uh, but let's see this weekend, uh, Kansas City on the road, Balt. How do you pick against Baltimore? That Kansas City has to face that defense. Bills defense yep. was non-existent. They were just as injured as the Dolphins were. They yes. had linebackers coming off practice. Von Miller was injured, mostly had to come out. What's left of Von Miller?
0: Give me life. Baltimore, give me Detroit, and my bracket's looking pretty I'm good. I'm
1: leading the bracket right now.
0: just saying. But you have San Fran.
1: Okay, well, we'll see you this weekend. <laughs> but if Baltimore wins the Super Bowl, I win.
0: No, because so. if... Uh, you
1: have Baltimore also.
0: Yeah, and if Detroit beats San Francisco, I jump you.
1: Okay. Because the points in this round are You jumped are me double. plenty of times this weekend with Snowball, so let's, let's stop, put a stop to so, that, right? Here we go again. All right. As, again, as we go around the room, the Panthers a couple of weeks ago had a great winning one nine in a row, world beaters, and now we watched the game on you know a couple a few minutes of the game on on Friday in Washington, and uh, we played was it the Wild? Yep. I forget it was, and we got smoked at home. And you went
0: well. They made it a game. It was five four, and they hit an empty eh, netter. What are you going to do?
1: And then the Heat. I mean, they, they they were playing very well. They had a great West Coast swing. Beat the Lakers and, and 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 but didn't show up against Orlando last night. It didn't show up and you know lost you know lost to Atlanta by one point on the night that they retired Udasis Haslam's number. Can I say something about Udasis Haslam? Rightfully deserves his number retired. Some demagogue who wants to be relevant went on social media this weekend and said that Udonis Haslam did not deserve to have his. Jersey retired by the Miami Heat. You know who that guy was? Paul Pierce. Bitter. Who continues to try to insert his bitter opinion into Heat conversations and poo-pooing on what the Heat have done because we have their number. Paul Pierce, uh, you know, is just, you know, he he's just, Butter for all those things we did to this team, and and he sees his mm-hmm. the Boston Celtics even last year, you know lose Game Seven at home to the Miami Heat and go down three nothing in that series. So you know Paul here and he continues to think he's a better player than Dwayne. Ray. I can't say that with a straight face. <laughs> I can't. Um, and you were talking about UM Hoops earlier. Uh, lost to F, got smoked by FSU last week, and then lost on a buzzer beater to Syracuse yeah. in Syracuse. They're twelve and six. And fathering, oh, this team doesn't go to, go to, deserve to go to the tournament. We'll see. It, it uh, all depends on still a lot of basketball left. And um, as we sit here right now on the twenty second of January, Jorge and I have signed more free agents than the Marlins have. We got a new secretary, so that counts. Yep. You know, so um, Marlins have done
0: absolutely nothing. Well, they've shored up their front office staff.
1: That's incredible. But the front office staff doesn't pitch
0: every five minutes. that's days. about all they've done.
1: Sandy Alcantara still is out for the year. Yep. Uh, we need somebody to replace him. If, even if it's a one year, take a one year flyer on somebody. Uh, we Jorge Soler is still a free agent. I'd resign him. Hopefully, they want to resign him. On, right. You know, to a bargain basement deal. I don't mind that. But need get a bat. I mean, yes, you still have Jake Berger. Yes, you have a. I'm blanking out on on the other guy that we got at the trade deadline. Um, that was great last year, but. But see, this is the state of the Marlins. I forget. Yep. <laughs> Even though pitchers and catchers are, are three weeks away, I forget because this team. But you know, how it worse than us as Boston fans because they've done absolutely nothing as well. I mean, they've signed up maybe a free agent or two, right. but they they the Fenway Sport Crew apparently is not making enough money because they did. You know, they they said they almost got went uh, got the pitcher that the Dodgers signed, the Japanese pitcher, and <laughs> nothing. So. Red Sox Nation, and they're making money hand over fist. They don't have the same excuses we have.
0: The Marlins continue to check in on people. And that's about all we do.
1: They check in on us and ask us if we want to renew our season (laughs) tickets, which we haven't done in four years. And as of of this recording, neither of us are going opening day. Obviously, it's Holy Thursday, so we would go if it was an opening day. We may go on Monday, on Easter Monday, because we're playing the Angels. We want to see Mike Trout. But notice what I just said there. Look at how indicting of this franchise. What did I just say? What did I just say?
0: We're not going opening day.
1: You told me you weren't going. I'm
0: opening not going day. opening day. It's okay. Holy Thursday.
1: I know, but we've done it before. Yeah, but no, it's, it was too it's much chaotic. But but what was the statement I just said? We're going on Monday because we are playing the Angels. And we're playing and Mike Trout. We want to go see Mike Trout. How indicting is that of our franchise? I've been ripping franchises left and right. You know, Miami uh, drew to a tie in El Salvador as they start preseason already with uh, Luis Suarez yep. joining uh, our team. How about that? And I believe we play Houston uh, coming up soon. Uh, we had an amateur, just like us, tour, win the PGA Tour this weekend. 20 years old. First time it happens in 33 years, Phil Milkeson was the last amateur to win a oh, wow. PGA Tour event. So there's hope. There is hope. Here's the thing. <laughs> the millions of dollars of the purse, because he's an amateur, no soup for you. Oh, wow. He doesn't get a dime. He, he is a U.S. amateur defending champ, so he will be in Augusta. But the kid, I didn't I haven't seen any highlights, but I do want to see some uh, tomorrow when I'm off. Uh, according to my cousin, who did see a lot of the tournament, I don't know how because there was football games going on. Uh, he once had two TVs going on, but he said the kid played great. And, as you know, just ice cold. All right, that's all we have. I'm trying to think if there's anything we missed uh, in the sporting world. Uh, you know, Daytona's coming up in a month. That's all. You know, the only things that we have to look forward to. But there are three football games left and it's big championship Sunday. It's going to be fun. You have Detroit. I have the Niners. If I yep. had to pick that game now, I would probably pick Detroit. All right, You know, we did we did that bracket at the, that Jorge does not like this bracket.
0: No, not the format. There should be a but first the, round, and then. But
1: that's the format that the, the, the it, it's you you play your the high highest the highest seed plays I know, the lowest I'm seed. I'm
0: just saying the pick 'em should be a first round pick 'em, and then you pick the rest of the bracket based on those matchups. Whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. Because the matchups in round two change depending on who actually wins, and the
1: so. matchups in round three. Well, no, you know, round three it is what to it the four it's the teams that are left. Yep. So, whatever. It. <laughs> See, he's com- he's complaining about that now because he's trailing. But next week, no, I, I, didn't I like I like I, li- I like. I didn't this. This like funny. it. Period. Okay. Anyhow, but uh, but there's only three football games left, and you like Baltimore beating uh, Kansas City. Oh yeah, in in a runaway. Would you be surprised if Kansas City won that game? Absolutely. Really? I would. Why? Uh,
0: Bal- uh, try stopping Baltimore.
1: Try stopping Lamar Jackson. Kansas City's defense at times couldn't stop Josh Allen yesterday, and Especially on the run and Lamar Jackson, and they're very hot. It took them uh, the rust for both teams, both San Francisco and Baltimore. That that week off, obviously, it's very needed.
0: Well, all four teams that had the week off came out slow. Yeah, they yes. were all they were all tied at halftime. Yep,
1: yeah, they were. But they, they, Green Bay should have won that game. They really should have won that game. Yep. Anyways, that's our podcast for today. I'm um, glad you could join us for the beginning of season seven. We'll be with you through. Uh, the week before Memorial Day. So it should be a lot of fun. You know, we'll go through Lent. We're not doing the daily Lenten, so we're just getting that out of the way. Uh, get, take you through Lent and Easter and then through uh, almost up to Memorial Day to finish off season seven. Please, you know, subscribe, rate it, share it, share it, share it with others. A lot of more people are listening to it, and we appreciate you listening, especially if you listen up until this point. Share it as well uh repent believe in the gospel and on this day in which we you know commemorate the 51st anniversary of the royal Wade decision that made abortion legal in this country do something special do an extra prayer do an act of reparation do penance fasting whatever it is do a rosary go to daily mass do an extra prayer to pray for the unborn and to make reparation for the sins of our country and repent believe in the gospel may almighty god bless you the father the son the holy spirit Amen. amen